Michigan Soccer Central. Hello, 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 and thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. How you doing? My name's Robert Kerr, your host of the program once again this week. Recording on Wednesday, April 26, 2023, the day after Detroit City FC's third round exit from the U.S. Open Cup at the hands of MLS side Minnesota United. It was a good start for the hometown team here in Detroit. I said to some friends beforehand, I thought they'd score a goal and break their scoring duck, uh, but may not get the victory at the end of it. And unfortunately, uh, that prediction became true because it started great. Yazid Matthews and Abu Mensa combined to get through the middle of Minnesota's defense and a long-distance strike, a rare long-distance strike, saw the back of the net for Yazid Matthews to get a early 1-0 lead in the cup competition. Uh, It was really a lot of the game after that was a lot of missed chances from both sides. Could have had a lot more goals in this, but it turned out to be seven minutes of mayhem that saw Minnesota United uh, run away with the game in the second half. 3-1 final to the visitors from... The land of 10,000 lakes. Um, Devin Amumenta, good. Um, Yazid Matthews, especially in the first half, was bright. I saw him do some good things, but a little bit concerned about the middle with uh, Maxi Rodriguez. Definitely not playing at the level, or at least putting in the performances that we saw uh, this time last year. Uh, He was immense against the Columbus crew in the Open Cup this time last year. Not quite the same performance against Minnesota. Please uh, check out the uh, Michigan Soccer Central YouTube channel. Uh, We've got full post-match reaction from head coach Trevor James at MI Soccer Central on YouTube. Do the old uh, like and subscribe deal and uh, get all of your Michigan Soccer Central videos. We're going to do our best to put all of our videos or more video content on the YouTube channel. We've got over 8,500 on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, but uh, just a, a small handful there on YouTube. So be sure to check out Trevor James at the tail end of Tuesday night's uh, defeat to Minnesota United. He's mostly upbeat, wanted to take some positives from scoring a goal and making some other chances. And to be fair, they they did look a little bit more free-flowing, kind of looked like uh, the front fr- front three looked fluid uh, to a degree that they haven't so far in 2023. So hopefully positive signs for LaRouge. Be sure to check out at MI Soccer Central across all the social media platforms for updates from the girls' high school uh, the club world that's going on, as well as many other things. Check out the feed. We talked um, amateur soccer with the adult state cup draw. Um, check out our interview with Craig Beebe from last week. And we also blurred the line of the southern border of the state and talked Toledo Villa. Uh, talked with the head coach uh, last week. So 
that is a good episode. And uh, we have over 100 episodes of the Michigan Soccer Central. So uh, lots to catch up on from uh, coaches, players, uh, fans, and media members. Uh, we're trying to get as many perspectives of the world's game here in Michigan. So many layers. That was the, the that really is what my takeaway from the Craig Beebe interview is just how many organizations and layers of the amateur game there really are. But this week's feature interview, we're going to go to the middle of the state where a new era has begun. The Paul Dora era begins for the Flint City Bucks as the longtime assistant takes over uh, the top job for the Bucks, takes over from Andy Wagstaff, and reins have been passed to coach Paul Dora. We talked to him and we learned a little bit about how he learned uh, he was going to get the job or going to be offered the job. The weight of taking over the uh, 2022 national semifinalist and four-time national championship club, a weight of success uh, now is transferred to uh, his shoulders. And we learn a bit about his large family and kind of what uh, the longtime assistant will bring uh, to his new role as the number one head coach of the Flint City Bucks. So keep on tuning in for Paul Doro, new coach of the Flint City Bucks, here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Next up here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, we've got uh, an exciting guest because there is some change in the wings of one of Michigan's, or probably Michigan's most successful team. News came out, I think it was last week, that uh, coach of the Flint City Bucks, uh, Andy Wagstaff, was stepping away, and there was a new era at the helm of the Flint City Bucks. And to uh, learn a little bit about him, we've got him on the show today. He spent four years as a player at Oakland University. He's been an assistant on the Golden Grizzly staff, as well as coaching in the Liverpool Youth Academy. Thank you, uh, Coach Paul Doro, for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast today. Well, great. Uh, what an intro. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure. I really appreciate um, you spending some time. You said you were doing a little bit of uh, local uh, press coverage up in Flint today. Uh, they did, yeah. So we, we met uh, a few of the local TV stations up there at Atwood Arena, or uh, Atwood Stadium, I should say. Um, and they came out and, you know, did a little interview and had a little chat with those guys. And it was good. So Costa set that all up and it was uh, pretty well received. So so with uh, your history and the success of the team, there's no pressure on your first year or anything, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's always one of the questions that, that I get asked. And it's um, it's the question that makes me the most nervous, right? Because, you know, the Bucks are a winning organization, you know, nas national championships and taking over from a long line of uh, successful coaches. Um, the organization has expectations to win. Um, and I have my own, you know, personal desires and expectations to win. Um, but yeah, it's it makes me a little bit nervous. But you know, um, in your introduction, I, I think your your statement is correct. You know, the Bucks, are, if not the one of the most successful amateur programs in the in the nation. So um, always hum, a little bit humbled to be to be given the opportunity to to be the coach of that, but uh, excited at the same time. How did you receive the news that you were going to become the new head coach of the Bucks? It was a little bit of a 
a little, I don't want to say a strange transition, but, um, you know, Andy had decided that he was not, he was going to step, step away. And um, so I got a call um, from Gary and from, from Costa and first from Andy Wagstaff and said, Hey, think about offering you the head coaching position. What would you think about that? So I you know, thought about it, talked with my wife, what it would, you know, what the uh, you know, day to day would look like and the you know, amount of time commitment into it. And um just kind of worked its way out. I'm, I mean, really flattered that they would even consider me and have the confidence to, to put me in that position. Um, so, you know, when, when an opportunity like that comes, uh, I think, I think you've got to jump at it, you know, and at least, at least take your chances and see, see how it, see how it goes. You've been uh, at Oakland university. Uh, you're uh, an assistant and then now you're the associate head coach there. And that mm-hmm. program has seen uh uh, a considerable amount of success and you were a player there. And then uh, you've just obviously been uh, named at the at Flint and you were a player for the Bucks back in the nineties yourself. Um, what does that say about you? And what does that mean to kind of like come full circle like that? I don't know. I guess maybe it's yeah, that I don't, I don't get out of, uh, I don't get out of the area very much. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, my experience at Oakland was fantastic. Um, Gary Parsons, who's now the the GM up there with the Flint City Bucks, was the head coach at the time. And really, you know, had a great experience at Oakland and, and now coaching on that side. It's uh, equally as challenging, just from a little bit different perspective, the other side of the fence, I guess, from the coaching perspective. Um, same thing with the Bucks. You know, they gave me an opportunity to play um, and play at a very high level really valued the the experience and the opportunity to play for him and now get a chance to give that that same opportunity to some of these young guys who are looking to make their splash on the soccer scene so going pro and getting to the next level of their development so and some win some games and win some hardware this year that's the idea for listeners unfamiliar we're talking about uh such a successful uh club um for a little bit of context the, the bucks have won four national championships and have been to countless uh, late stage uh, playoff games, like for last year, for example, when you were an assistant to Andy Wagstaff, you guys went all the way to the national semifinal and essentially have like a generation's head start on, on all these, you know, amateur, elite amateur sides that uh, we're seeing now. Um, up until recently, the Bucks uh, were the sole or one of two uh, teams in Michigan at this level. And I think there's five or six Michigan-based ones in Grand Rap uh, on the Great Lakes Division. So when I try to explain, like, what is the Bucks thing? It seems like the number one uh, goal for the Bucks is 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 turning players pro. Is that an accurate, you know, cliff notes of the Bucks? Yeah, it is. It's one. It's one of the stated goals is to to get the players to their to their next level. I mean, our front office does a fantastic job. I, you know, you talked about having a bit of a head start. I think. You know, between Gary and Costa and Dan, they they spend the entire year developing this team and contacting coaches and players and and making sure that they're the right fit and our program's the right fit for them. So um, they've assembled a you know a wonderful team of talented young guys who wanna who wanna get to that next stage and and go pro or um, you know. But while they're playing for us, they their goal is to win a national championship. So that's that's the direction and that's kind of where our sights are set right now. There's going to be, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, if, if I didn't disclose this earlier, I'm a, I'm a big Oakland County FC supporter. And oh we'll no. Be seeing Sorry. you guys twice. <laughs> this year. 
and I'm just, you know, really looking forward to this summer. I, you know, wait all year for three months season. And then, uh, the, the division was already tough with uh, three of the top 10 uh, nationally ranked teams in the division with uh, Flint, Kalamazoo, and Ann Arbor. And then this year we're throwing in uh, South Bend, who topped mm-hmm. their division. Uh, so the division's seemingly only going to get tougher. Um, I want to I wanna come back to like kind of previewing this year in a minute, but I, I kind of wanted to, to focus on, uh, on you yourself um, like I said, uh, back in the nineties, you were a player at Oakland a player at the bucks. And then, uh, from the, the resume in the press release, it, it stated that, uh, you jumped right into, uh, to coaching right there in, in 1998. So kind of tell us about the, those early years of coaching and kind of the lessons you learned. Cause it said, eventually you, you went on to winning some youth national championships as a coach. Um, so kind of tell us about that, that early coaching journey that may have been the blueprint to where you've gotten. Yeah. Um, well, when I first got started, Andy Wagstaff, who I think I've coached in just about every step along the way throughout my coaching journey with him, uh, he, he gave me an opportunity to coach with what was at the time Bloomfield force, uh, got started on the youth ranks with that. Um, and uh, he and I coached uh, a, a team that went back-to-back national championships in on the on the women's side uh, at the 18s and and 19s level. And uh, then he got me started in the in the college game as well. He he became the uh, head coach up at Saginaw Valley State. And he said, "Hey, I need an assistant. Are you, do you have any interest?" Um, and uh, I told him I did. And so it came up and coached with him up there for a year. And then my alma mater, Oakland called and said, Hey, we'd like to bring you down here. Um, you know, talk that through with Andy and, you know, gave me his blessing. He said, it just makes sense for you. And, uh, so been over at Oakland, uh, since was it 2016, 2017. So, uh, it's been a great fit, but I mean, I say it a lot, but uh, I'll, I'll never stop saying that Andy has given me a lot of opportunities in the game from the coaching side. Um, he and I are good personal friends, and um, I just can't say enough nice things about him and and what he's done for being a mentor in the game, giving me opportunities, and then you know, um, kind of pushing me off the ledge and say it's time for you to fly on your own now. So um, it's it's been a great journey. It's not all been it's not all been highs. There's been some lows too, and you learn from you learn from both of those. But um, looking for this, looking forward to this next season with. Uh, with the Bucks and, and taking that next step. And, you know, as you alluded to, there's a lot of really good teams, uh, the, this USL2 division. I mean, from Oakland County to Kalamazoo to Lansing, Ann Arbor, um, you know, now South Bend. Um, it's just, you know, there, there's just a lot of, lot of talented uh, young players. So to say that, uh, you know, we have our sights set on a national championship might be one thing, but you've got to get through your division as well. So we've got these, we've got these games ahead of us that, that we've got to take care of. And it's, it's by, by no means do we underestimate our opponents because they are, they are really talented teams um, and formidable opponents for sure. What has your experience of being an assistant so far? Like how's that set you up for the top job? All the coaches that I've ever coached with, with me being an assistant or an associate head coach, and I would, I, I'm the same way, you know, I, I don't want, and they didn't ever have wanted, you know, yes, men that you just, 
oh yeah, coach, that sounds like a great idea. They want you to challenge their ideas and they want you to, um, you know, talk through things, even if you disagree. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you have a united front with the players and you come up with an idea um, or a plan. Um, but I think, you know, kind of vetting some of those ideas and having candid soccer related tactical and player, you know, conversations uh, with the coaches that I've worked for, you know, with Eric Pogue at, at Oakland, you know, even Gary Parsons as the GM has his opinion and we talk through those things. And with, with Andy, it, that's always how it's been. You know, he, he's always told me if you ha if you see something, you, you know, speak up about it. I don't want you just to, you know, parrot whatever I say. I want you to challenge these ideas because we want to be the, the best staff for the players that we can be. And um, that's how I intend to, to work with the staff this year. Um, now the dynamic changes, because at the end of the day, you can absorb all the advice that you want. And, but I have to make the decision, right. And I have to live by that. And maybe as a, and as an assistant coach, that's a bit of a comfort because I can give my advice and the coach, the head coach has to make the decision. Well, I'm that guy now. So I've got to, I've got to, um, ultimately make the decision on, on some sometimes very difficult player decisions or tactical adjustments or whatever it is. But um, I think that process of working through those details over the years has kind of set me up and I think I'm ready. I guess the proof will be in the pudding, right? What what the product looks like on the field and what the record looks like at the end of the season. So, Who are some of the uh, players that uh, we should be looking out for, some of the fans should keep an eye out for? I don't know if they've announced the, all of the roster yet, so I don't want to. I don't want to just single any one person out, especially you being an Oakland County fan. You know, I don't want to give you. <laughs> I don't want you, you know, calling over there and giving them. The, um, but I, I just don't know if I'm if I'm able to discuss the players on the roster yet until probably contracts are finalized. You know, clearances are happening with the U.S. Soccer and all of that. So I don't want to mention someone and something happens and it falls through or something. But. Um, Rest assured, it's it's one of the the most talented uh, rosters that I I think um, I've I've worked with for sure, and that's saying a lot because last year I think was one of the more talented Bucks teams that I've seen, and unfortunately we just fell a little bit short in that semifinal game. But it's it's a challenge to work with players of that caliber, um, so I'm excited about that. But uh, they'll do a press release with the whole roster, and you get you get the inside scoop then. Uh, you, you said something interesting there. Yeah. Yeah. My downfall for being transparent, you know, transparency <laughs> ruined me there, but uh, understandably tight lip. But uh, you said it's, it's, it can be a challenge working with, uh, you know, extremely talented uh, players. Like, what do you mean? Well, because they know the game, you know, sometimes as, as well as you do, you know, they're, they're really talented. They understand tactics. They've had high level training all the way along. They don't get to where they're at by, you know, just going through the motions. So, um, continuing to find ways to challenge them and improve them on the field um, is a challenge. Um, now they can they can execute things better than than some of the you know developmental teams, you know in the youth ranks and things like that. So if you give them ideas, you don't have to keep repeating and parroting those ideas. Um, you know they can execute on them better, but uh, you know these players don't want to be stagnant. They have aspirations of being pro, and you have to find a way to challenge them. And sometimes player management with a talented roster is is a little bit of a challenge as well because you there's only 11 guys that start on a on a soccer field. So, um, you know, if you're 12th, 13th, 14th, or somewhere lower down the road, you know, managing personalities and you know keeping players bought in, especially the, some of these guys are coming, they're the top guys on their college teams and have national eyes on them, and they want to be on the field. So 
keeping everybody on the, on the same page and you know pulling in the same direction um, is going to be one of the things that we have to manage as well. What are you looking forward to, like uh, implementing that you were in the position to do so, like whether it be stylistically, organizationally, or or man management? Like, what's something that you're you want to bring that's that's specifically your idea or something that like it wasn't your place to implement until this time? Well, my working relationship with with Andy was being what it was is, you know, I, I mean, obviously he had uh, his vision of the game, but our vision of the game is not that different. Um, so I, the continuity of coaching, I think will be, uh, I think you'll see a, a very similar style. There, there may be some tweaks and things like that, but um, I don't think you're going to see, you know, dramatic differences between, you know, the the Bucks team that was led by, you know, Andy Wagstaff or for that matter, anybody in, in the past, um, you know, we're going to play an exciting brand of, of soccer, you know, possession based, but uh, with attacking goals in mind, um, try to be stingy on the, on the score sheet and defensively and, uh, you know, put, put a product on the field that the, the fans can enjoy and produces wins. Um, I mean, you can win and it, that that's great. But if your fan base doesn't enjoy the, the product, then they're not as willing to come and, and support. So we want to kind of balance both of those and have a really exciting brand of soccer that they can enjoy and win some games here. Yeah, it should be an exciting season ahead. I'm curious to see what you guys do to other teams other than Oakland County FC. Kind of changing uh, direction here a little bit in the uh, the press release. It said you have a very large family. I you do. have uh, eight children. Uh, so are you trying to start your own soccer team in your family? Yes, except they're too diverse in age. And uh, I always, I always, you know, people are like, wow, you have eight children. I said, yeah, but more impressively, my, my wife has eight children. So we, uh, I don't know that we set out to have uh, eight children, but we've just been, been blessed in our marriage and, and with the, with the children that we have. And not all of them are at home anymore. My oldest daughter is, is married and, and moved out. So it's a, busy household, but you know, you don't have eight children all at once. So you kind of grow into it and we just vibrate on a higher level than most homes. That's all. <laughs> I, I can only imagine I have two and it's, it's wild enough. I, I did want to ask you though, uh, being, uh, uh, you know, man who spent his, his seems like a, a lot of time and a lot of his life in the game. Uh, did your kids play soccer too? They did. Um, Except for the well, the littlest ones do kind of soccer camps in the summer and stuff like that. They're they're a bit young to to really bite into the the whole playing thing. But um, it was a big thing for me that my children find what they liked and not just follow and be involved in the game because I, because dad likes it. So I told them that from the very beginning. You know, if you fall in love with the game, we'll we'll pursue and take it where it where it goes. And most of them have been bitten by it right now. <laughs> My oldest two played for, for a lot of years, and we played through the, uh, through the Carpathia Kickers Club, um, which is near and dear to, to our heart and our family. Um, played there in my youth and, and adult career as well in the amateur divisions. And so my oldest two kind of played through that, and my, my others play it. Now my, my boy plays it, uh, at Liverpool with our program there. And my others play kind of rec recreationally and they, they have some other interests that they like, but they still love the game. And so we just kind of give them the opportunity to, to enjoy it and, uh, you know, learn the lessons that it teaches. So that's kind of where I was going with that. How do you let those kids, uh, 
find it like uh, make the opportunity available without being too pushy. That's like quite the the balance for parents. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't want them to live my life. I mean, I've I've played the game, I've coached the game. Like my my playing time within the game that's done. So I'm I'm not living vicariously through my children's playing careers. I want them to enjoy it, I'll fall in love with the game. That's that's what we talk about. And if and if you love it, um, then you'll you know you'll spend the time out in the yard working on your <laughs> working on your skills. You know you won't won't have to ask you to be ready to go to practice. You'll be sitting in the car waiting to go, that type of thing. So um, and if you don't love it and you have other interests, then pursue those as well. But um, it's a, a fantastic game that's given me a lot of opportunities developed and, and given me a lot of um, relationships within my life, lifelong friends and, and colleagues. And if that's something that they, they want to be involved in, then I support it, but they don't have to, you know, they have a diversity of other interests as well. Yeah. The game sure does give back an awful lot, doesn't it? It does, which is why I got into coaching when I was done playing. It was an opportunity to kind of give back to the next generation of players coming through and whatever wisdom or knowledge or experience I have within the game to, to kind of help pass that along. Um, and I think we're seeing that now too, with the, the level of player that's coming through, the more and more people who have played at a high level and get, get back into coaching. It's just, it's just doing astronomical things for the, for the youth game. I mean, there's some very, very talented players in the Southeast Michigan area that I see on a you know daily basis and compete against on a weekly basis. And, it's it's a cool thing to see the de, the to overall development of soccer here in Michigan. So, yeah, it's a, it's exciting time for sure. Yeah, where would you say the level of player is now compared to in your playing days? Well, at the, at the risk of offending my prior teammates, um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I think the game has changed a little bit. I mean, players are we had really technical and really skilled individual ball skill type of players um, back in the day, right? Um, but uh, I think just about every player is is highly skilled now. The, the technical abilities have been focused, and they ha they've had people who can demonstrate that. So players who have played at a high level can now demonstrate what it looks, what the technique looks like, and that's different than you know maybe when we grew up and we had a, a dad or a you know a friend's dad who was coaching just so that we could play, um, and maybe didn't have the same background. So um, I think players are really technically gifted right now and they spend a lot of time developing those skills i think we were probably more competitive and maybe not a completely broad fair statement to make but it, it felt like a little bit of a you know mini war every time we stepped on the field and everybody was kind of in it together so a lot of a lot of really fond memories on the soccer field with with my teammates it was it was fantastic and to see these young players going through that now too and developing some of those same relationships is a is a cool process to see. Well, uh, Coach Paul, uh, your your Flint City Bucks uh, open the USL two season on the road against Kalamazoo May nineteenth, and then uh, I believe your home opener is against Midwest United on the twenty seventh. What's the schedule leading into then? And then what's your just general uh, goal for the season? I think we have a couple of, I don't know if they're public or non-public exhibitions uh, that we're going to try and tune up the the team and, and get ready for the for the season opener when it when it starts to count. The goal is to win every game in the season. You know, we'll see how that shakes out. But the, the idea is to have the players prepared, ready to play, 
best team on the field with the you know deepest bench that we possibly can have and then give those boys the opportunity to to play and express themselves on the field play within our style and and the direction of what we've given them tactically to execute but I don't kick the ball on the field anymore they they've got to execute those things so giving them the opportunities and the ideas and you know the understanding of what we're looking for and then the the opportunity to get it done on the field so I'm excited I mean I I I said it before, but I think this is a really, really talented team, and I'm I'm excited to work with them, and we'll be really excited when I see all the faces rolling in that Wood Stadium on that 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 first uh, training training week as guys kind of trickle in here as they as they get out of college and whatnot. Well, Coach uh, Paul Duro, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, and all the best uh, for uh, the 2023 USL two season. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure and I appreciate you reaching out and giving me the opportunity to talk to you a little bit in the broader soccer community. Um, and I know you'll be cheering for the Flint City Bucks all except for probably two games of the season, right? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's been awesome. Thanks for your time. guest Flint City Bucks new head coach Paul Doro here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast and thank you to all the guests that we've had on the program over the last two years uh, without you guys this show doesn't go and that's what it's all about is gaining as many perspectives from the world's game here in Michigan and be sure to check out the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube uh, we got open cup reactions from head coach Trevor James over there so Big thanks, as always, to the show editor, Jenny Hajnaki, and big thanks to Dan Garnell, Brooks Lambier, Steve Corcoran, and Josh Hackle of the Michigan Soccer Central Court team. Without all you guys, this show does not go. So, spring is in full action. Youth soccer, uh, girls' high school soccer, and much, much more, and more professional games at the weekend. So, until next week and until our next episode, everybody, please... Enjoy your soccer.